Thank you for joining us here at Life Church. It's an honor to share God's word with you today. Our prayer is that you will connect with Jesus Christ as you hear his word online. We'd love to have you visit one of our upcoming gatherings. For more information, visit us online at www.liferva.org or contact our church offices and we'll be happy to help you in any way that we can. Let's go now to one of our recent services where you can experience a life-giving message from God's Word. Good morning, everybody. Amen. Welcome to church today. If you are watching this and you live in Central Virginia, you're probably getting some sleet or some rain or some snow. Uh, It looks like it's going to be quite an event today. So we are glad that we can come to you at home And, uh, you know, even though I know that church at home is really nothing quite like actually being here in person, aren't you thankful that we have the technology now that we can come to you wherever you are and whenever you have the opportunity to enjoy the Word of the Lord? So I just want to say be safe today. Amen. We're going to have a good time in the Word of God. Amen. Now, man, last week, didn't we have an amazing time at church last week? We just had a wonderful time in the presence of the Lord. We talked about how God wants uh, us to make room for the supernatural in our lives and in our church. And uh, and we talked about how we want the gifts of the Spirit to operate, how we want to see people delivered, lives changed, miracles taking place, not just in the church, but in our individual lives as well. We talked about how we want to learn to sit at His feet and bask in His presence. We talked about how we want to respond to the Holy Spirit and rebuild or even get reacquainted with the altar. I am ready for that. How about you? Amen. How about you watching online? Are you ready for that in your life? But you know, this week I began to consider, kind of in a practical sense, how do we begin to actually make room? How do we actually begin to create opportunity? for God to move in our lives in a, in a fresh or in a deeper way? What are some actual, actionable things that I can do? What are some tangible steps maybe that I can take to help make room for the Holy Spirit in my life? So I thought, let me just kind of drill down a little bit on what we talked about last week, and I want to preach about that today. My sermon is making room. Last week we talked about the need to make room for the supernatural, and so maybe this is kind of part two, but I want to talk about making room. Because, you know, the truth is, as we move into 2022, there's a lot that's going to happen this next year that you and I really, we don't, we don't know about it yet. Uh, obviously, we don't. There's going to be some high highs. There's going to be some low lows. But instead of focusing on what we don't know, I got a little bit of good news about something that God does know about your life this coming year. And it comes from the scripture, Jeremiah 29, 11, a verse many of you will know. He says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Amen. Plans to prosper you and not harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Amen. Folks, that's some good news. Amen. That's some really good news. Because even with all the unknowns of a year that we have in front of us, we can know that God has good plans for us. You can also know that whatever your circumstances are, you have a lot that you can look forward to. 
In Philippians chapter 3, the Apostle Paul was talking about that whole challenge that we face of looking backwards and yet looking forward. In Philippians 3 and 12, it says this, I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Anybody looking forward to what lies ahead? Amen. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Amen. So how do we make room for God to do something special in our lives this year? I'm going to share three things with you and just three things today, and then I'm going to let you get back to your hot chocolate and your popcorn. Amen. Here's three practical things that we can do. Number one is this. you got to take off the old so you can put on the new. Amen. you got to take off the old so you can put on the new. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 22 says this. You were taught with regard, regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitudes of your mind. But don't miss verse 24. And to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. You see, here's the deal. We all want the new, right? But before you can embrace the new, we got to deal with something else. What about my old self? What about the old me? What about my old ways of doing things and living life? What needs to be put off before I can put on the new? See, I preached about making a fresh start on the first Sunday of this year. And when we set goals, you know, we, we so often think, well, what do I need to start? What, what do I need to stop? What, what do I need to do more of? What do I need to do less of? And, you know, these are all very good, very valid questions to ask. But these verses in Ephesians remind us that the old way of life, the life before Christ, is constantly trying to reexert itself in our lives, isn't it? It's constantly trying to press its way in and corrupt us, our old deceitful desires and nature of the past. And making room for God starts with a mind change, starts with a heart change. You got to put off the old and you got to put on the new. Put off the old way of thinking, the old way of doing. See, the new is what God has given you and created you to be through Christ. It's the gift of new character. It's the gift of new desires and goals in your life. You put on the new, the new thoughts, the new words, the new actions. See, it's kind of like, let me use this analogy. It's kind of like taking off an old shirt and putting on a new shirt. That's how it works. You do it every day. I hope you do it every day. Amen. You do it every day. And have you noticed that before you can put on the new shirt, you have to do what? You got to take the old one off, right? And if you try to put on new clothes without taking off the, uh, the, the old clothes, guess what? The new ones are not going to fit. 
Amen. You won't be able to move. Pretty soon you're going to have all these extra layers and all this extra stuff that you don't need. If you don't get rid of the old, pretty soon your efforts to embrace the new are going to be corrupted or hindered by the old. you got to take off the old. You get stuffy. You won't be able to function. You have to take off the old before you can put on the new. But there's another scenario here that doesn't work either, guys. Check this out. What if all you do is take off, take off, take off, and you don't put anything new on? Amen. You're going to be walking around naked, exposed, vulnerable. That doesn't work either. You can't just get rid of, get rid of, get rid of without replacing. You've got to put on the new. It takes both. If you remove something, you've got to replace it with something better. Otherwise, you know what you're going to do? You're just going to leave this empty space in your life, and you can actually end off worse off than what you were before. You stop gossiping, what do you do? Replace it with encouraging words. You stop going out partying at night, replace it with a godly small group. Amen? You stop lying and cheating, Replace it with honesty and integrity. You stop envying, you start giving. You stop a bad relationship, you focus on building up the good relationships in your life. You stop sexual immorality, you replace it with pure thoughts and pure actions. You stop hating, you start loving. You stop being greedy and entitled, you start being thankful. You stop eating donuts and you start eating broccoli. No, 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 scratch that one, amen. Erase that one from the tape. Scratch that, amen. The devil made me say that. <laughs> See, put off the old and put on the new. See, it, it's, it's really, it's easier said than done, right? But we really need to be ready also when we do that for opposition and stumbling blocks when you try to make that shift. For example, when you're trying to put on the new, beware of the trap of perfectionism. Now that I'm going to make this change, I'm going to be great at this change. And then what you do is you set yourself up for disappointment and for failure. You won't be perfect at it. Let me assure you of that. And you're going to struggle, and sometimes you're going to make mistakes because the old man, the old nature, the old you is constantly trying to sneak back in, and you need God's strength to continue forward. Amen? It has to be a day-by-day decision and a day-by-day commitment. It's like changing clothes. Daily putting off the old and daily putting on the new. Romans chapter 13 and 12 says this, the night is nearly over, the day is almost here, so let us look. Put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. See that? Put aside, put on. Put aside, Put on, put off, put on. Because we live in a dark world, and we face dark things on the regular, amen? And we need an armor of light in our lives. Verse 14, if you keep reading, it goes on to say, clothe yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ. So let me ask you, what are you clothed with? What did you put on when you took some stuff off, amen? Now, as a believer, here's the good news. You are carrying his strength. You are clothed in his compassion. You are embraced by his personality, his love, his grace into every circumstance in your life. He empowers you and I to live in a new kind of way. Hallelujah. You're putting on Jesus Christ. 
Here's one very practical way to do that, by the way, because if you've not already done this, I want to implore you, you need to be baptized. Amen. Look at this verse, Galatians chapter 3, verse 27. Check this out. It says, for as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. We're talking about putting off the old and putting on the new. Look at Galatians 3.27 from the New Living Translation. It says, and all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ like putting on new clothes. Amen. How many of you like some new clothes? Amen. Every now and then we all like to have something new, right? Put on the new clothes of Christ. In the New Testament, by the way, while I'm talking about baptism, the disciples commanded every new believer to be baptized, to identify with Christ. And folks, hear me. You can do the same thing. Put off the old man and become new in Christ. What a great way to start this new year off, by the way. If you have not already done so, being baptized in the wonderful name of Jesus. Some of you have been contemplating this. Do it. Just do it. Get your year started off right by putting on Christ. Maybe you don't even remember getting baptized as a child, or or maybe you were sprinkled as an infant, and you recognize that baptism is by immersion in water, and you want to follow the biblical pattern. Whatever the reason is, maybe you're ready for that next step. So put off the old and put on the new. Put on Christ. So one way we make room for God to work in our lives is by putting off the old so we can put on the new. Here's the second way, number two. You got to leave closed doors closed. Woo, this is a hard one right here. Amen. We got to learn to accept and embrace when God has closed the door in our life and ask Him to help us see the doors that He's trying to open. Man, this right here is tough. Where are the closed doors and where? Are the open doors. Do anybody remember Jeremiah 29, 11? I just read it. It says, God said, I know the plans that I have for you. See, what we would like, though, is for God to let us in on all of those plans, right? Just, God, just go ahead, just download it into my brain. You know, let, let me know. I, I'll live it out. I'll walk it out. Just let me know what's happening next month, next year, down the road. But God, it doesn't happen that way, does it? It never happens that way. God's plan for your life, it's it's not delivered and laid out clearly. It's discovered and lived out daily. Amen? God's plan for your life is not delivered and laid out clearly. It's discovered and lived out daily. The Lord kind of just whispered that into my ear this week. you got to live it out daily. They're discovered. His plans are discovered many times through the simple process of closed doors and open doors. It's a process of faith. And folks, now listen, this may not work this way for you, but I'm just going to tell you from my own life. My entire life, I have lived by the open door, closed door principle. I cannot tell you how many times I have prayed with my wife, I have prayed with my church staff, I have prayed with my daughters over the years, and even just recently I prayed with one of my son-in-laws. God, we are not 100% sure what to do, but we are 100% sure that we trust you. Amen. And I ask you to definitively close the doors that are not your will and open the doors that you want us to walk through. Some of you right now, you're watching and that word was for you. You need to start praying, God, 
close the doors that are not your will and open the doors that are your will and I will trust you and check and obey you and follow you. Look at this passage from 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 5. It says, I am coming to visit you after I've been to Macedonia, for I am planning to travel through Macedonia. Perhaps I'll stay a while with you, possibly all winter. This is the Apostle Paul, by the way. And he says, and then you can send me on my way to my next destination. This time, I don't want to make just a short visit and then go right on. I want to come and stay a while if the Lord will let me. In the meantime, I'll be staying here at Ephesus until the festival of Pentecost. And then Paul says why he's doing this. Verse 9, there is a wide open door for a great work here, although many oppose me. Paul was telling the Corinthian church that he looked forward to being with them when the Lord would let him, first of all. But also for that moment, he was going to stay in Ephesus, he said, because there's a wide open door for a great work to be done. What is an open door? An open door is a place where God is working in your life currently. It might be in your finances that God places an open door. It might be in your family that God places an open door. He might place an open door on your job or in a career path. Uh, it might be in your personal growth. It might be a ministry opportunity that God provides an open door. But notice this, though. Don't miss this part. Even though the door was wide open, what did Paul say? He said, many opposed me. The door's wide open. It's God's will. But guess what? There's still a whole bunch of opposition. See, I think sometimes, and we got to make sure we don't miss this, don't think that problems mean that the door isn't open. Don't think that if problems are present, it must be a closed door. Don't think that if the door is open, it means it's going to be an easy path with no resistance. No, no, no. Open doors do not necessarily mean smooth sailing. As a matter of fact, <laughs> it usually means there's going to be some problems coming right around the corner. That's been my experience, amen? But Paul said this, God is doing a great work even though there's problems, even though there's opposition. You know what great, what's great about the doors that God opens? Revelation 3 and 8 says this, I have opened a door for you that no one can close. Come on, did you catch that? God said, if I open the door, nobody can close it. Amen. Nobody can close it. When God opens the door, no one can shut it. Opposition can't shut it. The devil can't shut it. Your haters can't shut it. The doubters can't shut it. Come on, somebody. God, help me to see the doors that are open. Amen. And then when somebody's standing in the way of your open door, you just gently go in and you just knock them to the side and say, excuse me, God's got a plan for me in this door. Amen. But see, guys, instead of trying to just force doors open. Look for God's open doors. Because when God opens a door, nobody can shut that door. And that's the kind of door you need in your life. Amen. So how do we find God's open doors? Well, you just keep trusting. And when you come to a closed door, you keep moving. Or you pray that simple prayer that I prayed, God, if it's your will for this door to stay closed, let it stay closed. The Apostle Paul conducted his, read the scripture, he conducted his entire missionary life this way. He just kept moving and trusting and going where God would send him, and he would stay until God was done, and then he would go on to the next place. See, sometimes when God closes a door, 
We get our feelings hurt, right? We take it personally. I know I have. We see a closed door and we think, man, that's it. God, God, God's done with me or God's mad at me or, man, th- you know, this business, it didn't work out. That's it. God's done with me. She won't date me. He won't date me. That's it. God's done with me. There's no open doors in my life. No. It just means that's a closed door. Amen. It doesn't mean that God doesn't have any plans for you. Folks, I can look back on my life and see some of the reasons why sometimes God closed doors and sometimes he opened others. Sometimes hindsight is 2020 and it's very obvious. And in other instances, can I just be honest with you? There's still times I look back and I still don't fully understand why God closed certain doors and why God refused to open other doors. But I trust the Lord anyway. Amen? You know, it's kind of like the great theologian uh, Garth Brooks. One time he said in one of his songs, he said, Sometimes I thank God for unanswered prayers. Remember when you're talking to the man upstairs that just because he doesn't answer doesn't mean he doesn't care. Some of God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers. Thank you, Brother Garth. Amen. That is the truth right there. Let me say it again because somebody needs to hear this. Some good doors are not God doors. Let that sink in. Some good doors are not God doors. It might have been a good thing, but it might have hurt you. It might have made you prideful. It might have gotten you sidetracked from your destiny and your purpose. You might have thought they were the one. You might have thought that was the job, but you prayed and it fell apart. So instead of getting mad, you just need to trust God for the closed door and do what? Make room for the miraculous in your life. Make room for the open door that God said no man can shut. Hallelujah. I wish I could tell you truth differently, but truthfully, most of the time, I don't know why God closes some of the doors, but God does. And you know what else I found out? He doesn't have to tell us why. (laughs) But he will point you to an open door. Thank God for closed doors because they put us where God wants us to be so we can experience the open doors that he has for our lives. Amen. So how do we make room for God? Number one, we take off the old so we can put on the new. Number two, we leave the closed doors closed and look for the open ones And then my last point, number three, you've got to focus on what's important. You've got to focus on what's important. If you're going to make room for God, you've got to focus on what's important. Now, I know that might sound simple. It might not sound eloquent. But we have to ask what just seems important and what is truly important. Because I'm going to tell you, good is the enemy of best. Amen? The Lord reminds us that as human beings, it's very easy for us to get stuck on what seems to be important. I read this last week, but let me read it again because I feel like it fits so good right here. Luke chapter 12, verse 29 through 31, and it says, And don't be concerned about what to eat and what to drink. Don't worry about such things. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers all over the world, but your Father already knows your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else, and he will give you everything you need. See, Jesus understood this about us. He's saying food seems important in life, but the life 
that the food sustains is what's truly important. Amen. Clothes seem important, but the body that God created that you're putting those clothes on, that's what's truly important. See, God's plans for your life, God's kingdom, that's what's most important. And if you get stuck on what just seems important, you're going to miss out on what's truly important. Look at this verse. I love the add-on that Jesus gives if we focus on what's important. Matthew 6, It says, but seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And here's the great add-on. And all these things shall be added to you. Hallelujah. I love it. Seek Him first and then all this other stuff's going to be added on. That's a promise right there. Jesus is saying if you get focused on what's truly important, guess what? He's going to put all those other things that seem important to us in our lives as well as He wills. God has a way of doing that, a powerful way of doing that in our lives. You might circle those first two words, seek first. How do you make room? Seek first. Seek first. If I spend time daily in God's Word, I understand what God puts first. He reminds me again and again and again. If I spend time daily talking to Him and thanking Him for the blessings in my life, I get to know Him and I learn to trust Him. If I serve others and if I love others and I let my light shine each day by putting God first in my life, it's going to make a kingdom difference and it's going to make a difference not only in my life but in the lives of others. So what does God consider to be first? Matthew twenty two thirty seven, Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And he threw this in. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love God and love people. That's how you make room for God. That's how you make room for the miraculous. I'm going to ask our praise team and band to come on back up on the platform. I want to go back to that word seek in Matthew 6.33. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. So my question is this. What are you going to seek after this year? Amen? What are you going to chase after this year? What are you going to pursue with your all this next year? What are you going to put first this next year? See, because what we tend to do is we seek, we chase after, we pursue the things that make us happy. We pursue the things that make us feel successful. We pursue the things that bring us gratification. See, it might be good success or it might be honorable success. Or it might be success in our family, success in our personal life. We want to achieve, and that's okay. So we pursue that, and we hope and we pray that everything's going to fall in place. But you know what Jesus says? He says, flip that. Pursue loving God. <laughs> pursue loving people. And I'm going to make sure that all the success takes place in your life. If you seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, all these other things are going to be added unto you. See, folks, now listen, that doesn't mean that you don't work hard. It doesn't mean you don't make any plans, but it means you seek Him first. So I want to end this service here today with an opportunity for you to make a commitment. 
If you'd say, I'm in, I will do this, I will make room this year. By first of all, I'm going to take off the old and I'm going to put on the new. Some of you, you know exactly what God's asking you to take off and you know exactly what you need to put on. Don't overcomplicate it. Don't give yourself a free pass. If God's talking to you about it, ask Him to help you do it. Others of you, you need to leave the closed doors closed. Quit knocking on the door. Quit pulling on the handle. Quit jamming your foot in there and trying to pry it open. Leave it closed and start looking for God's open doors. And then number three, some of you just need to focus on what's important. Not what seems important. But focus on what you know is really important in your life. Make God's priorities your priorities. We all understand, you know, we're not not perfect. I'm going to struggle sometimes. You're going to struggle. But this is my intention. This is my commitment. God, I want your priorities to be my priorities. Instead of just having it as some nice little thought in my mind, I want to make that commitment. In Acts chapter 2, after preaching the gospel on the day of Pentecost, the crowd asked Peter, they said, what are we supposed to do? Or in other words, what is the most important thing that I can do right now? And here's how Peter responded in Acts chapter 2, verse 38. He said, then Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of of the Holy Spirit. And I'm reading this verse right now because I feel like I need to remind some people, for some of you, what your next step is, you need to repent. You need to repent. You need to ask the Lord to forgive you your, of your sins. You need to confess that Jesus is Lord. You need to ask Him to be Lord of your life. Invite Him into your heart. Ask Him to be Lord of all and repent. Then there's others. You need to take that next step that Peter mentioned, and I talked about it in the beginning of this message. You need to be baptized. Maybe you need to be baptized and identify with the name of Jesus Christ. You're saying, well, man, we're not even in church today. How am I going to get baptized? I want you to pray about it, and I want you to come back next Sunday. Or if you're watching online and you don't live in Richmond, you find a church, and you go be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Put on Christ is what Galatians 3.27 says. And then there's some of you, you're already baptized believers, but you've yet to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Hear me. That needs to be your focus for 2022. If you are a believer, I want to challenge you to say, this year I'm going to be filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I'm going to put off the old man and I'm going to put on the new. Amen. I'm not going to live as a Christian without the baptism of the Holy Ghost in my life. We're going to pray. The praise team is going to begin to sing. And we're just going to worship just a couple of minutes here while you're in your your living room or wherever you are. If you're able to, I want you to stand with us right now. And we're just going to bless the Lord. They're going to lead us in song. And let's just worship as we close out our time of church here today on this Sunday. Amen. Lead us, sister. Spirit break out. Yes. Break our walls down. Spirit break out. Hallelujah. Heaven come down. Spirit break out. 
of life. I embrace the walk in the Spirit. I embrace all you have for me, God. Yes, God. I thank you for every closed door. I thank you for every open door. I trust you, God. God, and I'm going to put you first. I'm going to focus on the things that are important, God. I'm going to seek first your kingdom. Spirit break out. Yes. Heaven come down. begin to bless the Lord together. Come on. Right in your living room. Right in your kitchen. Right in your bedroom. Come on. Right in your home. Wherever you're at, God. Lord, I want you to just inhabit our praise right now, God. I give you glory. I give you praise. I thank you today for your presence, Lord. I thank you for your, the power of your spirit, God. God, I want to make room for you in my life. God, I want to make room, God, for you to operate in my family. God, I want your favor and your blessing on my church. God, and on my children and on my grandchildren. God, I want your favor on my job, Lord. I ask you, God, to help me to put everything at your feet, God, to serve you with everything that I have, God. God, withholding nothing, I give you my all, Lord. God, I make that commitment today that I'm going to make you my priority, God. God, this is the year, God, that everything turns around. God, I thank you for the open door that is coming by faith. I thank you, God, for what you're going to do by faith. God, I trust you, and I leave not on my own understanding. I give you glory and honor in Jesus' name, 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 in Jesus' name. name. Amen. God bless you. Thanks again for watching and being with us online today. I just want to remind you that you can bless the the kingdom of God and also your family, your Life Church family right now by going and giving online at liferva.org. And also I want to encourage you to go to the website today sometime this week and start signing up for small groups. We've got a variety of small groups and there'll be some others added as well. So why don't you go online, sign up for life groups this week. Be sure to give. That's part of your faithfulness to God anyway. And what a great way to start the year by being faithful in your giving. And I pray you have an amazing day. Stay safe. Build a snowman if you can. Make some memories with your family. Amen. Because we don't always get to do this, right? God bless you. I love you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. And I will see you next Sunday, live and in person. Amen.